You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 80, the skinny on this year's D23. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 80 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Eight zero. We got four score. We do. Yeah. And we got some D23 news today. A few trailers popped up uh, in the last couple of days, and we'll definitely talk about that, but we definitely do want to talk about D23. Surprisingly enough, of course, we talked about this last week, about what were they going to show in D23, because it seemed like they... talked about everything there was to talk about at Mm comic-con and you got a a lot more of an idea of of the stuff that they're putting out but i mean as far as shocking news i I don't recall anything Mm -hmm. specifically uh one thing i i I will say is of course they did the uh the disney legends and inducted uh, robert downey jr john favreau and ming na wen into uh i mean certainly with robert downey jr and john favreau you were going to put them in uh, Ming uh, Na Wen, of course, you most people are either going to remember her from Legends of Shield, where she plays May, or they remember her, of course, from Mulan mm-hmm. as being the voice of Mulan. So mm-hmm. I found that interesting. And one thing that we had talked about, and they had, they announced this specifically about Disney Plus. There were there were some questions that we had, and one of them that they definitely answered last week was that they're not doing binge watching. They're, they're gonna, doing week, weekly. Okay. They're doing. They're going to do mm-hmm. it weekly, and I, which makes sense because it's like they don't want people to come rolling in, pay for it for a month, watch everything, and then leave. Leave. Yeah. They're, so they're taking it from Hulu more than like say Amazon or Netflix. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense, obviously. One sense, of course, you know, now Disney owns part of Hulu at this point, mm-hmm. so and, they've seen it and they know that this formula can work. Yeah, and especially when you're starting out something new, I mean, you definitely want to keep people keep people there. And so I can see why you want to go that route. Also, they did announce a bunch of shows for Disney+. Plus. Of course, people have seen the, the Lady and the Tramp reboot mm-hmm. uh, trailer. The, the sort of, I don't want to say live action, obviously. It's live action like Lion King is live action. Mm-hmm. But it looks, it does look pretty good. Well, however, they did use, you know... Uh, live dog models and, and the dogs were there they do just you know kind of alter them to make them look like they're talking so i'm guessing like i guess you could call it more like homeward bound maybe even 101 dalmatians kind of so it's a nice mixture right. of live action and just enough cgi but those dogs are real because you know that was a big part of the story of, of casting the perfect dogs <laughs> oh yeah yeah now of course uh with this being disney plus of course they're going to the disney channel for some of their shows, they announced that they're doing a Lizzie McGuire Returns yeah. television show mm-hmm. with, uh, I guess, uh, Hillary Duff is coming back to play an adult version. And they're doing a mockumentary for High School Musical. <laughs> so it's going to be like the behind the scenes, but not really mm-hmm. the behind the scenes if it were actually real. One thing that uh, I didn't know about that kind of caught me off guard, but and of course, you know, National Geographic is a part of Disney+. Plus. And they're coming out with a new show that's called The World According to Jeff Goldblum. 
<laughs> and so it's Jeff Goldblum le- learning about different things. He the way he jokes the the concept of the show is that he doesn't know about anything. And mm-hmm. so he want anything that he's interested in finding out about, he's going to go find out about it, and the cameras are going to go with him. So that's, that's interesting. It reminds me of the the Ricky Gervais uh, show, An Idiot Abroad, where mm-hmm. he takes his friend Carl Pilkington and sends them on these crazy missions, right, to learn things. And that Pilkington has such this crazy view of the world, it makes it that much funnier. So, oh yeah, that would be that's going to be cool. I'd like to see that. Yeah, and of course, with this being Disney Plus, they're also going into Star Wars. We did get a trailer finally for The Mandalorian, which looks oh. really, really gritty. Okay. And you do kind of get that uh, feeling of um, a Boba Fett, and there's that one scene where you see a bunch of his bounties frozen in carbonite. So <laughs> I, I'm guessing he saw Boba Fett do it, and he's like, that's so, well, pardon the pun, but wow, that was cool. I'm going to do that. So he's collecting them like Pokemon. So. Yeah, I guess so. And he's going to be very much a character. We're not going to see him take his man. He's going to be that uh, the man with no name. You know, it's it does have that sort of gritty Western feel, hmm. you know, of the spaghetti Western. And so uh, that's looking pretty interesting. And there, of course, they mentioned the Rogue One prequel series that they're going to do. And they also announced at D23 that Ian McGregor is going to be coming back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. He's going to be doing Obi-Wan Kenobi as a T- uh TV series, a Star Wars TV series, mm-hmm. and so we'll be looking forward to that as well. Now, as far as Marvel, of course, we've seen some of the shows that they're planning on putting out for Marvel, but they did at D23 uh, mention three shows they're going to be doing, three new ones, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk. Are these animated or live? I believe they're all going to be live okay. action. Yeah, They're going to be live action like the, uh, like the other ones are going to mm-hmm. be. Which, they're a little bit off the beaten path, I definitely have to say. I mean, you have a Miss Marvel. She she was basically the first Muslim character in comics, Muslim okay. superhero. And actually, her creator said that one thing he was worried about with this show is that her powers are kind of weird. And it might look kind of creepy in live action. Because she has the ability to, to grow and shrink any part of her body. And huh. so it's... See, like, you know, when I hear Miss Marvel, I automatically think, you know, uh, well, Jean Grey was Marvel Girl. Right. Was her first. And then Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel. Right. At one point of time. So that's what I was thinking. You know, those kind along those right. lines flying and stuff. So, so this is different. This yeah. is something that I'm well, going to have to learn about. Kamala Khan, that's her uh, actual name. Mm-hmm. She's a, very much a, the, a fangirl for Marvel superheroes. And she she asked Carol Danvers if she could use the moniker Miss Marvel. Aww. So that is canon in the comics. Well, so brilliant, she, yeah. And uh, Moon Knight is sort of um, if you if you're not read any of the Moon Knight comic, nope. you could say he's kind of uh, he's kind of Marvel's Batman. If Batman was just a little bit crazier, mm-hmm. because basically Moon Knight, real name Mark Spector, he is a uh, rich entrepreneur. Who orphaned as a child? Well, uh, he basically gains the powers of the uh, of the Egyptian god Khonshu uh, to become a basically a, a vigilante for justice. Hmm. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's just imagining the whole thing and he's crazy. Oh, uh-huh. it never you never really know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that situation where, uh, like in uh, in the Ultimates, where. You didn't know if Thor was actually a god or if he just thought he was. And he, was mm-hmm. he's just, he just had he, like mutant powers or something. He had some sort mm-hmm. of powers, but he just thought he was a god. But 
yeah. So basically, Moon Knight, he's he may or may not be an avatar of, of the Egyptian god Khonshu. We don't know. So, and of course, She-Hulk, that's going to be interesting. And I really, I really think that with Smart Hulk in Endgame was, in a sense, sort of a trial to see if they could, if they could do an intelligent Hulk, you know, and make it work. Because of course, She-Hulk, if you remember, she's, keeps her intelligence when she becomes She-Hulk. Right. I think we kind of went there a little bit with uh, Thor Dark World. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wait, not Dark World. Um. Uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, yeah. Um, I mean, he wasn't completely, he didn't keep all of his functions, but he was definitely much more cognitive than, you know. Yeah, he, he certainly any, talked a lot yeah. more, yeah. He talked a lot more. He was more aware of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jennifer Walters, of course, she, um, in the comics, she preferred to stay, you know, in her Hulk guise, mm-hmm. but she lived her everyday life as a lawyer. But uh, she was big, tall, and green. Right. So. Well, I mean, if you're in the courtroom with a huge, muscly green woman, you're, you're going to be intimidated. So was she a prosecutor or a defense attorney? A defense attorney. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. I recall, I think it was, there was, she's defended superheroes for like, you know, property damage and things like that. Uh-huh. So she's done, she's done things of that nature, but uh, yeah, she's Okay. I, mean, I love, I love seeing stuff like that. I mean, uh, what Joss Whedon did a show not too long ago, it didn't last very long, but mm-hmm. it was pretty much kind of like the insurance agency of of superheroes and uh oh, i yeah. think they went a little bit you know with the boys you know right. saying a little bit and why superheroes need lawyers and it's very very real very mundane uh, which i enjoy oh yeah getting away from the television shows and going to the movies we do now have a date for black panther may 6 uh, 2022 mm. obviously ryan coogler's coming back he wrote and directed the original and he's he's going to be returning to, to direct the sequel obviously uh, why wouldn't you? Unless, uh, you know, if you can bring him back, you definitely want to bring him broke. back. <laughs> and we got a little more information about the Eternals, including basically a confirmation of they've added two new cast members, Gemma Chan and Kit Harrington. Oh, from Game of Thrones. Exactly. Okay. And Kit Harrington is going to be playing the Black Knight. So it's a, a yeah, he is a, a Marvel superhero character with that. He carries Excalibur and he rides on a flying horse. So, a descendant, I believe, of uh, of King Arthur, Arthur? Wow. of King Arthur. So that would mean he's also a descendant of Mordred, because I'm pretty sure Arthur didn't have any other children. Hmm. <laughs> so he's got kind of both sides there. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. And we did get to see a little bit. Um, we heard a little bit about Black Widow. They showed a trailer, which they have not released online yet. So people have I seen was, it. I was going to say I didn't see that. Was, no, well, okay. if you were at D twenty three, you saw it. But if you it. weren't, mm. uh, yeah, they decided not to release it. Although, and no one cheated. No one got cell phone footage. I I guess not. Huh. There has been some talk about what was in it. I mean, we get to see David Harbor in his um in his Red Guardian gear. Awesome. And we get to see, I guess, briefly the Taskmaster, and we we get to see the Black Widow, and I guess a more of a retro costume. And there's a apparently a big fight between her and one of her spy sisters in the trailer. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Eventually, uh, they, they're going to have to release the trailer, and I can't wait to see it. But, of course, it'll be coming out May of next year, May 1st. There was some Pixar stuff. They they talked about Souls, which that, that'll be coming out, which is it's sort of a takeoff of Inside Out. It's... Um, uh, and they talked about some other things, but the one thing Pixar-related that I definitely wanted to bring up which will segue into the, the one thing that, that's sort of a, a continuation of what we talked about last week, 
is they did have a panel for Pixar's Onward, which oh, yeah, which they <laughs> basically should have changed the name of that to Awkward because Tom because Tom Holland was there. Oh, because and- of course he plays he mm-hmm. plays the younger brother uh, Ogre. Yeah. And so, yeah, those there were some questions being asked. I was He's about like, to say, he probably got bombarded with, you know, are, are mommy and daddy still fighting kind yeah. of. Uh, he was very diplomatic about everything because, you know, he's still contracted for two more pictures at Sony. So, but he didn't really give a lot of details because I don't figure he had a lot of details, but he did happen to mention how much that he loves the fans 3000, mm. which, of course, uh I have to tell you, I've been following it, as I'm sure you've been kind of keeping up with the news uh, between Sony and Marvel, and I've been I've been reading everything that's been coming out, and there has been a ton of, of just crazy stuff out there. I mean, they have been, people have been saying everything from that Marvel and Sony are hashing out a seven-picture deal, uh, all the way to Sony offering, had offered to sell the Spider-Man rights back to Marvel for $10 billion. <laughs> From one side to the other, there's been all these, all this crazy stuff being thrown back and forth, and I think uh, most of it has been, um, well, to be tactful about it, bovine scatology. Mm-hmm. I mean, as of right now, nobody's really saying anything at this point. As of right now, I mean, there's no real news. There's a lot of speculation going on. I read an article that, you know, when Sony announced that they're breaking off from, from Disney and Marvel, that, that the stock prices plummeted. Which I went and looked, and not really. No, <laughs> there was a bit of a fluctuation, but there's, you know, it's no more than than stocks tend to do, and the stock is up at this point. I think mostly because of the fact that nobody really knows what's going on at this point. So all we have is speculation, and so yeah, jumping off the boat right now, I think, would be very much premature. So we don't know. Now today, of course, uh, they've released the extended cut. For Spider-Man, so how well that does, I don't know. We, we're not going to know until until the weekend's over. I, I did some speculation last week that that maybe if it doesn't do very well, that that might bring Sony back to the negotiating table. But you know, thinking about it, I'm I'm wondering if that's even going to be the case at this point. I think that what's going to happen is going to happen. And to be honest, as far as Spider-Man's concerned with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I mean, definitely I'd want to see more. But at this point, the thread that uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man had in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has pretty much been settled at this point. So if Spider-Man is gone from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're going to be fine, obviously. I can't even say that just because Sony, you know, has broken off from the from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I'm not going to watch any more of the Spider-Man movies. But like I said, there's been all this crazy speculation going on. There's been some people saying that Venom was was um, what was to blame for the whole breakup because since Venom did decently well, that it showed Sony, hey, we don't need Marvel, we can make our own Spider-Man movies and and we'll be fine. Uh, I doubt that that was the case because let's be honest, as far as Sony making Spider-Man movies, yes, they had some misfires with the the Andrew Garfield films. But like I said before on this podcast, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was an amazing Spider-Man movie. It was an animated film, but it was a great film. So Sony can, they could do well with this property, but they could also do horribly bad with this property. We've seen them go both ways. (laughs) Normally, I think as far as Sony's concerned, I think they do their best 
when they get good talent, they stay out of their way. When they micromanage, I think, is where we run into issues. I have to say that if that's anything that worries me about Sony taking the reins and, and being being the sole moving force in these Spider-Man movies is because, you know, this last super uh, Spider-Man movie made so much money that I can't see Sony stepping out of the way. And if they don't, I think that's going to be a real problem for them because I think that was the problem with Ghostbusters was they had to, they rolled in and um, got nervous. And I think, honestly, if, if Far From Home doesn't do well in this re-release, I think that's going to make Sony panic. Because, again, going back to Ghostbusters, when all the fan backlash happened, they handled it pretty much the worst way you could handle fan backlash. It was a disaster for Sony. I'm hoping that maybe they learned some lessons uh, and will handle this one maybe a little bit better. But as of right now, I guess we'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But there was one other trailer, going back to D23, so we can get off the Spider-Man thing for a while. <laughs> I got to talk about that Rise of Skywalker trailer, which I know you saw that also. Yeah, it really didn't give us much. You know, just seeing, it felt like a bunch of stock footage from the rest of the series. Yeah, I, I mean, well, it, got it, anything. it was definitely, it was definitely their victory lap, obviously, because you saw a lot of stuff from the uh, original six films. Mm -hmm. And so, in a, in a sense, it was doing their victory lap, but... I mean, honestly, if there's anything about the trailer that was at all enlightening or shocking, it had to be that last uh, 10 to 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. Ray was looking kind of sithy there, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, with her, with her double-ended lightsaber, like all Darth Maul going on. Yeah, the switchblade lightsaber, mm -hmm. which I think, uh, I think uh, something similar to that, although not red-bladed, appeared in one of the animated Star Wars series. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember... Rebels, I think, is uh, there was a uh, Jedi Guardian that had a blade that clicked like that, that, mm -hmm. it, that it opened up that way. So, mm -hmm. But, uh, of course, the speculation is huge to what in the heck's going on with Rey at this point. Mm -hmm. So whether this is some sort of force vision or this is, you know, something going down, you know, some people have said, you know, Palpatine's possessed her and now she's gone dark. There's like a ton of different things this this could be. Uh, we don't know for sure. Uh, as of right now, all we have at this point is speculation. But I, I guess we'll find out d in December when when the mm -hmm. movie comes out. Now, one thing quickly, I did see uh, an article getting away from D23 for a moment, and this is something I hadn't really thought about. But uh, Uprox did an uh, did an article on AMC. They said streaming wars in their titles, so somebody owes us some money. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently we're not the only ones who are, are seeing this as a streaming wars. Mm -hmm. We've been, of course, we've been calling that for about a month now, but uh, they're saying that AMC, because of the fact that they have a bunch of uh, titles and, and, and properties like Breaking Bad and, and Walking Dead, they haven't really been grabbed up by anybody else, that they're sort of a wild card in this point. Although I wonder if they're not going to try to develop their own streaming over this, I mean, they're already they're already out. Um, Shutter, the the horror streaming service, mm -hmm. is owned by AMC. Okay, and so I guess the question is going to become: Are they going to basically allow you know some other streaming service to stream these different shows that they have, these very popular shows that they have, or are they going to try to strike out on their own? Which I mean, man, well, I mean, I'm thinking you know, uh, pretty much uh, I think it's a lot on Netflix. You know, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Mad Men. I think that's all pretty much on Netflix. Preacher might be on Amazon. Right. Um, but 
That's what I can remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is I can, I can see them striking out on their own. But, man, this is a crowded field at this point. Mm-hmm. There is so much stuff out there at this point. I don't know if that would be the best move for AMC to make. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, we're really, when it comes to streaming at this point, it's pretty much the Wild West. I mean, battle lines are being drawn, you know, properties are being snatched up. And, you know, if somebody were to come up with enough money, uh, I'm sure AMC might uh, rethink maybe coming out with something their own. But, you know, if Shudder does well, there's no reason to believe that uh, an AMC streaming service. Now, of course, right now they have something similar to that where you can go online and watch uh, AMC shows. So, I mean, they've certainly dipped their toe in the water. I mean, it's not a full blown. It's an app. It's yeah. an app, it's an app basically, but I mean they're certainly dipping their toes in the water to to kind of test that out to see if this is something that they may want to pursue. Yeah, I mean we could definitely keep our eyes on that. Speaking of trailers, let's uh, step away from uh, from Marvel and uh, talk about that final Joker trailer that broke this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wow. I was not expecting, you know, Robert De Niro having this whole Ed Sullivan, Johnny Carson kind of, you know, vibe, and he's doing so well with it. Well, I mean, a lot of people said that this, in a sense, this is a remake of that old film, The King of Comedy. I don't and know what that is. Actually, um, De Niro started in The King of Comedy hmm. as he played, the, I guess you could say, the Joker character in that one. Hmm. Rupert Pupkin, who is a comedian who can't seem to catch a break, who's trying to get on this late night show that's hosted uh, uh, by uh, Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis plays that okay. that character and basically uh, Rupert Pupkin winds up kidnapping <laughs> Jerry Lewis <laughs> so that he can get on his show and do his comedy. Mm, so. so does uh, Dean Martin play the band leader in this? <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, but that, uh, was, that was a missed opportunity. Oh, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know at that point if they had actually made up and, and stopped be, uh, mm-hmm. being mad at each other. But uh, <laughs> it was a very weird kind of a film. This guy that wants to be a stand-up comedian, but really just not that funny. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of getting that feeling with, uh, like I said, it's sort in a sense, this movie, uh, Joker, is sort of like that remake. It, it seems like it is in a sense, sort at least a spiritual remake of the King of Comedy. And uh, like I said, that's what that's why seeing the role kind of switch a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Sleuth. There was a movie called Sleuth where, you know, you have a character who... Um, it's Michael Caine. In yeah, it? Michael Caine. He yeah. played he played the young fellow in the, in the original, and mm-hmm. then he took over the Sir Lawrence Olivier role and played the older writer uh, mm-hmm. in the remake. And so we're kind of having the same thing happen here, Mm -hmm. I guess, with Joker, although it's based off of DC, but it's not, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's a a spiritual cousin to a lot of different things. Oh, yeah, definitely see, you know, the killing joke in there because he was a sad sack of a stand up comedian. Right. You know, in the 1940s or whenever that was set. Um, So I can definitely see that in there. Yeah. So. Like I said, I'm not going in there expecting to, to see a superhero movie or to be upset if Batman isn't prominent <laughs> in it or if it doesn't feel like the comics to me. I'm just going to go in and just absorb it for what it is. And I think it looks like it's looking pretty good. Yeah. So that last trailer def- definitely has me excited. Well, before we go, one thing I do have to bring up because we were talking about streaming services is that the first shot over the bow for the streaming wars is being fired this Friday. Uh-oh. And uh, it's a uh, it's a fantasy double shot because opening Friday, 
starting this Friday, right. we get Carnival Row, Carnival Row on, on Amazon. Amazon. And also tomorrow, Friday, we get Dark Crystal oh, on, on Netflix. Huh, yep. So they're both opening on the yeah. same day. Honestly, I'm kind of torn. I'll probably go Crystal first and mm -hmm. then go to Carnival Row. Do you think you're going to wind up binging both of them this weekend? Uh, likely, because it is a holiday weekend, so yes, we've got can... some extra days <laughs> to get in there. Well, you know, that yep. gives us an, that'll give us an opportunity, maybe mm -hmm. ne uh, next episode 81 of the podcast, to talk about the shows and uh, do a compare and contrast and see which one. Although, I gotta tell you, Carnival Row has, uh, it has uh, a challenge ahead of it, because mm -hmm. man, does Dark Crystal look amazing. Well, they, you know... They're both so completely different. Uh, I think it'll really come down to, you know, what are people most excited about? Um, I guess the Dark Crystal definitely has the nostalgia to it. Right. However, if you're not a member of the cult following, Carnival Row is definitely more relatable to us. Yeah. So, well, because, I mean, you're dealing yeah. with at least things that look human. Look human and, you know, the... <laughs> Even it's quite allegorical of present day, right? <laughs> of present day happenings, so you can definitely, you know, be able to. Not that you can't relate to Jim Henson's work, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you cry when when puppets die. It's uh, absolutely. So we've really got two completely different flavors, apples and oranges, you know. But if it, if it's like me, you know, I'm definitely. Wanting the Dark Crystal right now, I'm okay to take it slow with Carnival Row. I don't need to sit down and watch, you know, all episodes in one time. I'm okay to go one episode at a time with that. But oh, not yeah. everyone's like me, so yeah. Well, there you go. Well, what? Maybe next week we can we can we can do the compare and contrast. What'll be interesting about next week, since we need, uh, we'll go ahead and mention this before we go, is of course. Next week we dip into September, and September, of course, is when we're going to start our Patreon. So. <laughs> Starting with episode 81, we're going to start doing our raw feeds. So if you are a member of the Patreon, starting with episode 81, you're going to get, uh, you'll you'll get, get the, the sneezes, you'll get the coughs, you'll get the ums and the uhs, you'll get the finger popping. <laughs> yes, but you also get early. So you, mm -hmm. uh, you'll get the uh, podcast, you'll get Geek Watch uh, before anybody else does. And of course, we're going to be doing some other things uh, and posting those. And so if you... If you decide you want to support us, then we do certainly appreciate it. And we, of course, we've talked about why we've gone and started the idea of Patreon. And because, of course, we want to improve this podcast and we want to bring out more content. And uh, hopefully that'll allow us to do that. But uh, we'll see because we'll all start uh, starting uh, September the 1st. And so we will see you there. And so with that said, we come to the end of episode 80 of the Geek Watch podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. From Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch podcast is a Hanging J production. <laughs> <laughs>